People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Ahoy, and welcome to another episode. Right, not much in the way of housekeeping today, so I won't keep you. Uh, just to say that, obviously, lockdown and all the rest of it is uh, proving very difficult to get shows done. Um, but we are trying our best, so thank you very much for bearing with us. Okay, on today's show then, Lisa O'Hare. Uh, she's an alien abductee, uh, but she's one of the rare ones who doesn't think it's a great experience. Uh, so yeah, so that's coming up and I think you'll find it interesting. She started off in uh, IT and it was only after retiring from that that she became a psychic medium and that led on to uh, uncovering the ET experience. So take a listen to this, see what you think. Fascinating story. And again, if you've got a story you want to share on the show, it's supernaturalpod at gmail.com. That's supernatural, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Fantastic. And like I say, we'll hopefully get these shows out to you as quick as possible. Here's Lisa O'Hare. How did you first find out that you was a psychic medium? Let's go and start there. Okay. Um... One of the things that happened was uh, my mo- my mother passed away and I uh, got a message from her that was to my sister, one of my sisters. I have three sisters. And when that happened, I was I was kind of shocked and also um it was odd because she was extremely insistent that I have to write everything down, I have to do everything in a certain way. I had to call my sister, I had to tell her in a certain order. I mean, it was really odd, and um, I actually didn't know that I was a psychic medium at that time. So that was strange. Um, I did contact my sister, and, um, you know, the message was kind of cryptic. So it was interesting. So the um, actual instructions were very specific, but the message was very cryptic, and I thought that was strange. But when I told my sister about it, she said, you know, well, as a test, why don't you tell me? Um, what I hold in my hand when I meditate. And I was really scared because one of the scary things about mediumship is that you have to say what you hear in your head to somebody else. And, you know, yeah. you have to risk that it might be right, it might be wrong. So um, my mother or whoever told me that it was a crystal. And so I said, it's a crystal. Is it a crystal? And she said, yes, it's a crystal. So I got some sort of confirmation that whatever I was hearing was true. Yeah. You know, so that was the first time. Then uh, my um, since my mom was sick, you know, this was prior, I got before my mom passed away, I got a message from my grandmother on my father's side. And um, the message was from to me saying to my from my grandmother uh, your dad is like, is the way he is because of me. Now, at the time, I thought, okay, you know, you weren't a very good mother and, you know, 
So he he was kind of not a nice guy. So, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but what I didn't realize is that when I went there, my dad was just, uh, because he was ta- he and my another sister were taking care of my mother, he was just sort of out of his mind um, with uh, stress and not enough sleep and, you know, all the things that go along with taking care of someone who's basically like an invalid, can't move. My mom had ALS. And so, um, you know, there was like a big volcanic explosion during that time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, between me and him. And so that was sort of like a warning, but I didn't know it at the time. But those were the two times. And uh, when I found that out, I then thought, well, maybe this is what I'm supposed to do, you know, because I don't know what this is for. So I fat looked for a, a medium mentor, somebody who could teach me the ins and outs of mediumship. Even though I could, you know, gain uh, information from certain people, I actually didn't know how it all worked. I didn't know if you connect to them in a certain way and you try to keep out any negative entities that try to come in and, you know, all of the workings. Yeah. What sort of um, religious background was you coming from or was, it, was there anything there, anything there at all? Um, I was actually, you know, I'm kind of formally Catholic. And, uh, you know, so I did go to church. I, I moved around a lot as a kid. And because of that, uh, sometimes you move to places that didn't have a Catholic church. So, um, you know, I kind of tried uh, as a just an exploratory thing for myself, tried out all of the different religions. You know, I tried out the Baptists and the <laughs> And, um, you know, the Pentecostals and the different ones, because, you know, they're all a little bit different. But uh, I'm not really Catholic. Uh, I don't follow Catholicism anymore. And so, um, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I really didn't have that anymore, the religion, religious part. Yeah, it's just nice to get you that, that little bit of background, because obviously when you're dealing with you know, psychic ability and stuff. Obviously, uh, religion can sometimes cloud the the issue where people might sort of um, like almost block it out because they don't want to accept it. You know, because of their you know beliefs. So, but um, how did you go from being a psychic medium or understanding that you was becoming one to this revelation of this ET abduction? Um, what I did was uh, I started going to the medium. And, um, you know, when I first got there, she said, you're just like me. So, you know, then I got the confirmation that I really was that and it wasn't my imagination. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you hear messages in your own mind, you have to wonder, you know. <laughs> Indeed. And so I went to her and she said she mentored. And um, so I started working on that, you know. But I found that my um, – I just didn't – you know, kudos to all mediums, uh, you know, because it is really hard and it's really scary and it's stressful. And so I decided I didn't want to go that route anymore. So what happened was during this time I had been meditating a lot and my, um, and I would talk to entities that I called my spirit guides and, um, they told her, the medium, you can go, this, you're, you're at a crossroads right now. You can go to the mediumship because I had started getting this feeling like that wasn't my path. Or you can go another direction. So I thought, well, I don't really 
I'm not really into this mediumship thing. So why don't I just go to the unknown? Because that's actually an, a, a thing that I do. I don't usually go to the known path. I go to the unknown. So, um, so that's how it started. And, um, then I was, you know, she told me meditate a lot and, you know, we'll just kind of work with it as it comes up. We won't, you know, define it in any way. Um, and then at one point, and this is in 2017, I was uh, in my bed meditating because I found that meditation helps a lot when you're trying to sleep. And I found out that uh, I felt this very, very negative presence in my room. And I asked my spirit guide at the time, his name is Korig, I think it's male. It seemed like a male, uh, though apparently they don't really have a sex, but I just assigned a male um, or gender, I mean. Um, so he said, I said, what in the heck is that really horrible feeling of negativity in my room right now? And he said, oh, those are the ETs. They took all your eggs and they're coming to take you now. And at the time, I was just horrified because that is the last thing I would think that was in my room. And um, I also don't have children and um, and I didn't have the ticking clock. And I wondered, you know, all that those years why I didn't. Um, and, you know, this is was kind of like a way of explaining it. So that's what happened. Yeah. So what did you see then what was the first thing you saw the first thing i saw was actually a uh, praying mantis now i had had a um an incident where i'd cut, cut my leg on a uh, recycle bin here in the u.s we have these tall standing recycle bins and they're made out of plastic and they're extremely they can be extremely sharp apparently i didn't yeah. realize this until i ran into one but um I cut my leg and, um, you know, I, you know, at, in the beginning, you know, it sort of throbs and then it goes away. So, uh, that night I was laying in bed and my, my, my cut started throbbing and, um, I was, it just started really hurting and really throbbing. And then I looked up and there was a large, like seven foot praying mantis next to my bed. And she was telepathically telling me that she, her name was MoMA and that she was, uh, wanted to take me to a ship to take care of my leg. <laughs> and I was, when I saw her, I was very transfixed. I couldn't, it wasn't that I was paralyzed, as a lot of people say. Yeah. I just could not believe what I was seeing. You know, it's sort of like, um, oh my gosh, you know, what? I've never seen anything like this before. I've never seen anything this big. It's a giant bug. And um, I just, thought to myself oh my gosh oh my gosh you know this is just unbelievable and she's talking to me in my head not uh so telepathically i could i didn't really look somebody else asked me if i saw her lips moving but i don't really remember that it was at night and um and so i you know we had a conversation where i just told her i couldn't trust her because i didn't want to agree to be taken to a ship because this, you know, was not something I really wanted. Well, that's understandable, I suppose, from that aspect. So, did you see her again? I mean... Um, I didn't see her again. She didn't come, but they, she. I think she did take me because my next day my leg didn't hurt at all. Okay. So, I think whatever. I thought it was a beacon, you know, um, 
that was calling her. So I, that gave me the impression that I had an implant in my knee and I obviously damaged it. Um, I saw another guy or a male, what seemed like a male praying mantis. He came into my room. He pointed at me and I fell asleep. Uh, prior to that, he hit me with something, um, on my, lady parts as I call them and uh, it felt kind of like a tuning fork or a spoon and so those are the two that I saw um, later I saw other things I would see spiders very large spiders and uh, some people I also saw some people and it seemed to me that they were kind of working together the uh, the people and the bugs were working together towards some common goal Okay, and this is all taking place in your bedroom? Yes. Uh, and the people, were they in your room or were they somewhere else? Sometimes they were in my room. So there was one time where I saw um, three uh, males come into my room, to you know, people, and they held up a patch. It looked like a square of leather, and it was on their three... The index finger, middle finger, and um, ring finger, and they held it up, and then I felt an un—I was unable to stay awake, so I fell asleep. Uh, a lot of the times, um, from what I've looked back on, um, it's—you know—by looking in at my dreams and what's behind my dreams, I've found that I've actually been on sh- ships sometimes. Other times, I've been in operating rooms. Sometimes I'm underwater in an operating room. So um, I've seen a lot of that kind of thing. There was also um, a lot of underground buildings where I'm in an un- I'm underground. They have like barracks, and uh, I'm in stuff like that. I've also seen um, airplane hangars where I'm on a bed and I'm being worked on. So you know I don't really I do see some ships, but I not. I don't see a lot of insides of ships. When I see things, it seems like I am the focus. So uh, what's happening to me, it's from my perspective of laying on one of those shiny uh, metallic tables. I can see the um, apparatuses coming towards me, but not actually in a ship where I can see all the controls. Yeah. So can you describe the people? I mean, what, what did they look like? Because obviously... It's conjuring up in my mind what people always see these Palladian type things, but I think you're talking about something different. Well, um, I've seen, uh, besides regular people like us, like you and me, yeah. I've actually seen um, some very tall, like light beings. That's all I can describe it as, but it's like a bright light and it has a, a human ish form. I've seen them, and I don't know what those are. Um, and I've also just seen regular people, you know, like people with, if I'm in an operating room, then they're doctors, they look like people, as far as I know, um, and they're working on me, and I'm on a table, and uh, they're doing things to me while I'm there. Um, I've also seen people that turn into reptilians, and then back to people. So I have, I've seen a few different kinds of beings that I can't, you know, mm. really understand. I've also seen a um, spider that was wearing what I called a people suit. And I don't know if that means that that guy 
turned into a person and then turned back into a spider. I don't know. Or if he unzipped his people suit and, you know, walked out of it. I don't know. Yeah. So, what, I mean, can you describe what these people are wearing? I mean, when, you, when you're in a medical situation, they're just wearing general white scrubs. and. Yeah. They're wearing green scrubs with white um, masks and um, or white uh, lab coats. Um, I've seen name tags. Dr. Peterson is one of them. Um, you so, know, so I've just seen basically medical personnel. So does it feel? Are, sorry, does it feel more scientific rather than medical, or me, more medical rather than scientific, or is it a combination of the two? Do you think? Um, that's a good question. I think that it is more scientific than medical. It seems yeah. to me that it's more experimental. I mean, it's not, they're not helping me, you no. know. Uh, I don't think that, um, you know, I, I feel that they are trying to do something that benefits me. It feels to me that they're trying to do something that benefits them, and I don't know what it is. Well, this is what I say about people who experience um, alien abduction, if that's, you know, the term, well, it is the term to use. I, I, you know, a lot of people go down the the road of saying, you know, it's for my benefit um, and it's wonderful experience. And, and I've never really got that. Obviously I've not experienced it. So, you know, I'm, I'm just talking from afar, but you know, the way you're saying it, the way, you know, you're feeling it, oh, that makes a lot more sense to me. Uh, and the fact that these people don't tell you what they're doing or why they're doing it, um, again, leads more credibility to the fact that they've probably not got your best interest at heart. Because, you know, if a doctor's going to give you a jab, uh, um, vaccines aside, obviously, if, uh, if, a, if a doctor's going to give you a jab, then generally they're going to tell you why they're giving you it. If you're in a, if you're in a state that you can, uh, you know, be coherent, they're going to tell you why and what it's going to do to you. And, you know, you know it's for your own benefit. But in this case, where they just come in, you know, not your request. Um, and I presume you're saying te uh, telepathically or even audibly that you don't want this to happen. Right. Yeah. And then they still do it. So uh, something going on there. But going back to this tuning fork then. So this mantis being and th these mantis beings, before we go into the tuning fork, do, do you get the impression that they're from this planet or you know, how, I mean, we are these traditional sort of aliens. You know, I don't know. Now, um, the, you know, everyone else sees greys, but I don't. I mean, I've seen them when I tried to look, you know, behind, uh, you know, other things that have happened to me throughout my life. But uh, right now I'm seeing praying mantis. And I don't know that any other people or most people don't associate, you know, praying mantis, large seven foot praying mantis with uh, their abduction experience. Mm. And I'm not saying those people aren't, um, you know, maybe they don't see them. I don't know, but I don't think they're from here, but maybe they are. I mean, I don't, we don't know what the government's really doing. They could be, um, you know, bringing some of these, maybe they shot down a, a ship and, you know, the, they have to work with them. I don't know, but I don't think they're from here because, I don't know. I just don't think they are. No. Well, I just wonder if you got an impression either way, really. Um, so this male mantis being, 
Uh, oh, just incidentally on that, I have heard another person talk about um, Mantis beings coming to him, and uh, I think Simon Parks even mentioned this, but he he really felt it was like um like a maternal energy coming from it, like uh, you know he actually enjoyed being around him, so it's completely different to what you're saying. Um, but again, you know. Wow. You know. Well, that's great. I mean, it's good to know there are other people who have had it because it sort of sound, makes me sound a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but uh, so this male mantis then, uh, is he speaking to you before he hits you with his tuning fork? And uh, I mean, can you just, can you describe that in detail? I mean, what, what that felt like and what you, what you think was going on there? I mean, obviously you're guessing, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not sure. I think that they really needed me to go to sleep. And, you know, early on, I was fighting them by trying to stay awake a lot of times. Um, and so uh, the, he was probably, it felt like he was sent in to be the closer sort of thing. And so he came came striding into my room. I saw him. Um, he hit me, first hit me with something like a spoon. Um, it felt like he just slapped it on and then um the tuning fork was uh, felt like vibrations throughout my entire body starting with my lady parts and it was uncomfortable and then he pointed to me and then I fell asleep <laughs> so yeah. uh, that was basically it it was very fast and you know it's one of those things where you think let me think about this some more <laughs> you know well what really happened there, you know, but it was just pretty fast. So, mm. um, so going back to this egg situation then, cause obviously a lot of people talk about, um, egg harvesting and, um, this kind of thing going on. I mean, is, is this the sort of impression you get? Yes. Um, and I actually looked at that and it looked like they, you know, had me when I was younger and so they just um, somehow aged me and then harvested all the eggs and then they, you know, de-aged me, so to speak. So that's what I saw. But, um, yeah, so they took them all. I don't know what they did. I have had um, a couple of times where I've had dreams or I've looked behind it and I've seen that they want me to feel something for um whatever they made from my eggs. So for instance, a lot of people talk about meeting their hybrid children. I don't know if you've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. But um so they've come to me and said, This is your baby and how do you feel? And I would say, Well <clears throat> I think one of the times I said, Well, I'm not gonna tell you what I feel because I know you'll use it against me. So I thought that was pretty wise of me to say that in the midst of this because they seem to want to be able to manipulate you by using your emotions about your children. So if you have a child and you're worried about what they're going to do to it, then they have complete control of you. And so I felt like it was a negative thing, so I wouldn't admit to having any feelings, or maybe I had no feelings because it's not my child, right? Yeah. Um. So that's what happened with that. And so I, you know, I don't really trust them. Very much. No. I mean, do you trust... I mean, you don't trust the humans, if they are humans. You don't trust the humans as much as you trust. don't trust the mantis. Is it, you know, is it equal or do you think... I don't know. I mean, do you think there is... I mean, it doesn't sound like... Um, I agree with you. It doesn't sound like they've got our best interests 
or yours definitely at heart. But do you wonder if there there is something behind this, and it's maybe it's bigger than they can actually let on? Maybe they can't tell you. Do you know what I mean? Um, I really think that it is it is big, whatever it is that's going on. Um, but I think that you know they're either trying to make a weapon or they're trying to understand the human body or they're trying to understand the human brain. And because they don't, um, you know, nobody would, well, I don't think so, but if anyone's scared, they're not going to agree to helping them. So, you know, they just use manipulation uh, in any way they can to get their needs met. And I just, I, I actually don't trust any of them. I don't trust them if they're human and I don't trust them no matter what they are because I just, there's too much secrecy. You know, the, um, you know, wiping our memories. And so they have this agenda, but they're not telling us what it is. And uh, instead they make us, you know, make fun of us and say we're all crazy and we're, you know, schizophrenic or we have this problem or that problem. But they are wiping our memories. So they have their, if they wanted us to make our own conclusions and have our, and decide what's going to happen to us, to us, they wouldn't wipe our memories. Right, no. yeah, so they're doing yeah. something I mean, that no. we wouldn't like. So, and, you know, whether we remember it at one point and we don't remember it now, or we're crying or screaming while it's happening, and then it happens, and then our memory is wiped, and we have no idea of it the next day. Whatever's going on, they're still hiding it from us. What about other people uh, in the same situation as you? I mean, do you see any of these people in in these uh, hangars or? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. There's a lot of people. So, um, you know, there are other people like me, but I don't, I haven't been able to find them. What would you say the breakdown is between male and female? Huh, that's an interesting question. I would say it seems like it's more women than men. Mm. But, you know, as I've heard that there's a lot of women or men who are, you know, being, you know, having their sperm taken. Yeah. So. Milk. Um, yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, in some ways it seems like there would be more women because they're being, you know, they're becoming incubators, right? So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, with a lot of uh, abductees, um, we come across this barrier um, to save the world, this message of hope, and uh, this, this cataclysm is going to happen, but we're here to protect you after that. And that. I mean, you've got none of that. No, and I also wonder, and this is my, this is my own opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to, uh, anyone get, send me hate mail, but I wonder too if sometimes that people are being manipulated by hypnosis. You know, sometimes they use yeah, yeah. hypnotic regression. And I don't want to do that because I don't want to give somebody else another, you know, a way into my brain to suggest to me that this is really good. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I've noticed that a lot of people who have hypnotic regression will then say, this is so great. I finally understand, you know, and it makes me wonder if the hypnotic regression is helping or opening up something in their mind. I'm not saying that the people doing the hypnotic regression are, uh, negative or, or have a, their own agenda, but it's almost like they hit upon a certain part of the brain that says, no, this is really good. This is good for you, and they're really going to try to help us. And, you know, uh, it seems like there's 
still, you know, a way for them to say, oh, this, but this is my agenda. My agenda is to make it feel good. That way you'll be more accepting of it and then I can still get what I need. So that's why, <laughs> that's what I think. So with the contactees, I mean, I hope that they really are contacting the good, good guys. I hope there are some. But from my my experience, there are no good guys. They're all bad, and they all have their agenda, and they're not telling us what it is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What about, I mean, have you got a partner at all? Pardon me? Have you got a partner? Yes, I do. What what does they, they, he see when, when this is going on, or is he just in a complete comatose situation? Yeah, he's in a comatose He's one of those guys that um, falls asleep as soon as his head hits the pillow and he's totally out. He doesn't remember any of his dreams. He is just gone. So, um, you know, he hasn't seen anything. There are a couple of times when we were in a hotel, you know, where he's seen something that I've seen, but it's very, very rare. Sometimes he'll see, you know, like a, a big white rectangle light that comes into the room. He's seen that before. And he didn't know what it was, but you know he's a, sort of a sciency guy and has a, a explanation, you know, a logical explanation for everything. And um, so he doesn't see it. He he accepts me that I'm having this experience, but he doesn't see any of it. And it's never happened to him, presumably, obviously, from that. Yeah, yeah, he or he doesn't remember it. And so if you don't remember it, you know, or if it's, you don't feel like it really is happening to you, then, you know, you you can't relate to it. Yeah. What about cameras, setting up cameras or recorders? Yeah, I set or... up some cameras. Yeah, early on I set up cameras, and they were the type that were kind of like considered nanny cams. They look like a picture frame, and I put up two in my bedroom uh, facing my bed um, on a bookshelf. And every single time uh, the next day, my camera frame was not turned off but and not on. It was in the middle. So it didn't record anything. So that happened over and over. And finally, I just gave up because there was just no way I could seemingly catch them in the act. Um, that was frustrating. Um, I did stay up a couple of times um, trying to stay awake long enough to, you know, Hear, see them because I will. I would hear plane, low, low flying planes or helicopters flying over my house. I would sometimes hear. Uh, it sounded like feet walking around on the on on the roof, mm. and then I would sometimes see lights or other like pulsing lights through my uh, through the tops of the curtains, and um, but. I could never, they were just waiting for me to sleep. That's how it felt. So I just finally gave up. Yeah. So where do you see this going? I mean, is, it, is this still ongoing? It is ongoing right now. Um, I have actually, though, using the tools from my book, I have used, uh, I have gotten it down. So initially I was getting what I thought abducted four times a night. Now I think I'm only getting abducted once. And so, but, you know, of course, it's we, we don't know because, um, you know, it's hard to tell because you're sound asleep, you're knocked out. 
But um, initially I was getting poked in the eye on a regular basis, um, like as a, as a punishment, because apparently whenever I'm asleep, I'm not very cooperative either. <laughs> so when I'm awake, I'm not cooperative and I'm not when I'm asleep. So uh, I would get poked in the eye and I would be able to see it the next day. I would, if my... Um, if I was driving and, uh, you know, some glare from a back window of a car in front of me hit me and I could see, you know, if I closed my eyes, then I could see all these little, like, holes in my eye as of a reflection, like of a negative, and there would be different patterns. And so that isn't happening anymore. Um, and so I have seen, I have, my dreams have all changed. Everything's changed. So... Things are getting a lot better. Those tools actually do work. And, um, and my path is, is changing quite a bit. So it's good. I, I am making progress. Good. Yeah. So these tools and this, so this is for people in a similar situation to you to, to use to, um, help you through this is that is that what these tools are about that's that's right because um i tried everything prior um when i went to the medium you know i asked her for help with the uh ets after i found out about them and she she tried everything that she could think of i mean uh, we tried uh, stating our our right to free will before bed we said no you know um, she had me reading out what my husband would call my manifesto, you know, my right to free will, my sovereignty, you know, all of the things that, um, she could think of. Plus, um, we also tried to break soul contracts and we went to Akashic Records. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah. And, and we, we just tried everything and I couldn't break the contracts. Nothing works. So I finally realized I really need to look up something. I need to Google this <laughs> or DuckDuckGo because I need to find out what are other people doing? Have anyone else found anything that works against this? I found a lot of stuff. I tried it all because I didn't want to leave any stone unturned. And then, um, I, I found these, these tools and then I started using them and it really worked. I mean, it does very much sound like somebody somewhere has given permission for this to happen. Um, but we've we just got no way of knowing how I mean, these people, when they, they're around you, the humans I'm talking about now, because they, are they talking into telepathy as well, or is that more audible? You know, I, it's a good question. I think when I'm looking back, I'm hearing it, and some of the time, the people are moving their lips, but the words aren't, you know, it's like, uh, their lips is not, are not synced to their, to their words, you know, like when the, when you're watching TV and you can tell that there's something wrong with a video. <laughs> Obviously, that could be, uh, you know, if you're in some sort of drug state, I guess. Yes, or it could be that they're doing telepathy, but they don't want you to know it, so they want you to yeah. uh, think that they're talking, so they're moving their lips, but they're actually doing it through telepathy. Awesome. So I don't know. What what uh, language do they speak when they, I mean, is it English, is it Amer it's I mean, English, like yeah. American English, yeah? Right, yeah, American English. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And what about the, the makeup of the, um, 
the humans that you see i mean what what sort of uh you know gender you know what what's the break down in gender and you know and uh, ethnicity maybe um it seems like they're mostly uh, male um you know cuz a lot of them are in the military a lot of them are doctors and they're male doctors i've seen a few women but not very many um i actually uh, saw that i was on a ship in a cage and it was a guy with, a british guy <laughs> who was oh, yeah. a doctor he was wearing a white coat and he you know said you know this is your real life, basically. <laughs> and that other life is your is an illusion. So, mm. well, it's uh, so that's certainly it's... Yeah, not a bit more often now these these days, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean it's it's fascinating, and you know, I, I mean, abductees always uh, there's the odd occasion where they they're asked if they want to go with them. Um, so I'm going to ask you the question. I mean, if they came to you and said, you know, would you like to come with us, you know, permanently? I mean, what what would you say? Um, I would probably say no. Mm. Um, I as much as I want to, I have curiosity about what they would do. Um, I I just I just feel too fearful. I mean, just the thought of that, and that's a good question. But the thought of that gave me like a feeling of terror. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> You're not the only one, but I thought I'd ask. <laughs> but no. So as much as, you know, we have our problems here on Earth, um, I don't think I would go with them. No. So, you know, well, in closing here then, do you want to tell us a little bit about the book and what you hope to achieve with the book and what people can get out of the book? Yes. Um, my book is called Abducted and Furious, How I Fought Back and How You Can Too. It's on Amazon. It's in ebook and also print book. It's only on Amazon right now because I'm a new author and I did self-publishing. Um, the book is just basically exactly how I fought back um, with like a little tutorial in the middle. It talks about, um, you know, my story prior to it. Um, it talks about um, remote viewers uh, that are a a group of military people that go around, you know, harassing people, I think, that have been affected by ETs. I also have my journal in there in the book. Initially, I didn't want to put my journal in, but my spirit guides insisted. And I can see now that it was a good thing because um, I'm able, every time I read the book, because I've changed, so things have changed so much, I have to read the book prior to one of these uh, podcasts. And I really see a lot of things that make more sense to me now. So putting my um, journal in there was pretty, was a good idea, even though I didn't like the idea. Um, there are also uh, a lot of exercises in there. It talks about two other books that I used when I found, when I found the tools, I actually found them in other books. It talks about healing. Um, there's a modality called Reiki, which is not in my book. But to give you an idea, it's sort of hands-on healing. And in my book, I talk about one called La Ho Chi. It's L-A-H-O-C-H-I. And there are as a website in there. And it really helps me during after my abduction to sleep. Because um, I don't know about other abductees, but when I come back from an abduction, I cannot sleep. I'm completely awake. And so I need to sleep. So... 
I started using Laho Chi, which has a, um, has hand positions for yourself. Uh, you can also, you know, Laho Chi other people, but this is basically for you and it's basically self care. Um, uh, in my book too, I talk about meditation, how important it is. Um, it really helps calm you down and, um, and I wrote this book because I wanted to help other people like me. Anyone in this situation who you're, or you're being abducted, you're very fearful, this will help you. Um, when you use the exercises in the book, you will be able to see what's really going on. And when you are, and then it'll give you a little piece, like a piece of the puzzle. And so each time you get a piece of the puzzle, it makes a little bit more sense. You might be scared but you might not, you know? So I think if people, a lot of people are afraid of finding out more, um, they don't have to be afraid. They can, your mind gives you only what you can handle. So you see a piece of the puzzle, you write it down. Um, another thing is I write down all my dreams. I, every morning I write in my journal and what I learned the night before. And, um, you know, also that feeling of helplessness that most people have, they have it because they feel like they're out of control, that they have no, no control over the situation. And I had that, too, and I was scared, too. Um, over time, I'm less scared. I'm, I'm not scared at all anymore. But um, I realized that there were clues there, and if you just follow the clues. So with me, I started looking at whether my I noticed my clothes smelled bad um, after I'd been abducted, and I finally realized that it wasn't that I was um, not putting enough detergent in. It was just that I was leaving in those clothes, and when I came back, they, they smelled. So um, giving me the indication that I'd been away for a couple of days and I was in those clothes and they smelled or the environment made them smell, so what happens is that gives you a sense of control. Okay, I know I left last night. I don't know where, but if I, right before I go to sleep, if I notice as much as I can and re- try to remember it the next day, when I come back, I can write all that down. And it might not make sense to me right now, but later it will make sense to me. And so if you methodically write everything down, you can then make sense of it. And it gives you that feeling of control back where you're not helpless. You're not just being taken against your will. Well, you are. But now you've turned the tables. Now they're also the guinea pig. And, um, you know, that makes you feel better. So, you know, and then as you get the puzzle pieces in place and you actually start really looking at it and you kind of look at it kind of like a scientist of your own experience then you feel better and better, and eventually there's just no fear there anymore. Yeah. Well, the journal definitely seems like a good idea to me. Uh, I mean, it might even, over time, you might see patterns as to when, you know, you're more likely for this to happen and certain times of the year or, you know, times of night, and, you know, maybe that'll help you stop, you know, stop it happening almost. Exactly. I mean, I think, um, I, I mean, for me, I found that, um, being not afraid is really important, but, and because I've been exposed to these things that maybe would scare me, um, you know, or they scare me, but then the more I get exposed to it, the less scared I am. 
it almost seems like to me, and this is my opinion, that the ETs really feed off of our fear and our, um, you know, panic, our anxiety, all these things. Mm. And I may be that I become less of interest to them because, you know, I'm just not afraid anymore. But, you know, you, you have to sort of desensitize yourself a little bit to these things. And, um, and that's where the journal comes in. It really helps a lot. Yeah. Do you think over time they will answer more questions or do you think you're always just going to get a blank? I think we're going to get a blank because yeah. I think whatever it is, it's probably so heinous that they don't want to. I mean, I think people would probably just kill themselves rather than, you know, go through it. That's what I think. Yeah. Because whatever it is, they don't want to tell us now. What are they really doing? So that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's definitely a, a concern. I mean, it, it's difficult to say. Obviously, I can understand people not being in the situation. So they you know, quite easily say it's all a load of crap, you know. Um no one's getting abducted and all the rest of it. But even if just a, f you know, a few percent of the people that say they're getting abducted are just, if they're true, then, you know, what is going on? And we're no closer now to the answers than we were 10, 20 years ago. So it is, it is concerning. It is. And not only that, but there are, and I really believe this, that it seems like there are no, um, no abductions are alike. So, yeah, yeah, that's even worrying thing. And yeah. that makes it harder, right? Because now, uh, you know, you have your story, I have my story, and uh, other people have their stories. Well, how can we make sense of that? We can't because they're all different stories. And I th really think that's by design. Yeah, because... it does sound like design, yeah. <laughs> because then they, you know, then it's unclear what the real story is. Yeah. Well, I say it's... It's interesting and, uh, you know, I hope the book uh, does well and I hope you get, you know, hopefully, I mean, is there a way for people to contact you in the book if they've got, if they've got a similar experience? Yes, my email address is in the book, um, but also I'm on Facebook right now. Um, my uh, page is called Abducted and Furious. I have a Facebook group. Okay, great. And um, you can also email me at abductedandfurious at yahoo.com. And my website is uh, lisaoharaonline.com. Nice. So, yeah, hopefully you get some messages coming in. You know, hopefully, and what, you might even find people in your local area, which would be exciting. Yeah, I've already tried that, but <laughs> it's funny. The majority of people all say that they're happy. So that's why I even wrote the book, because I couldn't, you know, as much as I wanted somebody else to use the tools and we work together and try to, you know, compare notes, because unfortunately, when you're in, you're by yourself, you're, you know, you can't say if you, if this is true or not because you have nothing to bounce off of, off yeah. of it. So, um, I looked for people, I couldn't find them, and I just finally decided I think the only thing to do is to write a book because at least I would get some exposure to other people. And, um, you know, if they tried it and then they, uh, let me know what their success was with it or if it worked for them or didn't work for them or, they tried different things that worked better. I mean, it would be nice to be able to compare notes, but I just can't find anyone like me. So I know they're out there, but I don't know where they are. Well, let's say hopefully they'll get in contact with you, you know, soon enough. Uh, 
you mentioned that your clothes were smelling when you were coming back and you know indicating that you've been away for a while so have you had any missing time um, I've had missing time uh, only while I'm driving in my car. <laughs> mm, yeah. And this is really weird. I've heard other people have had this too. Yeah, it's done. That's um, happened to me, yeah. Really? Yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, I was traveling back. Uh, it was late. I was meant to be arriving. Uh, there's the old satellite navigation system there. It was telling me I was getting home at half past 12 at night, um, which, you know, like I say, was late and... I was driving along, uh, coming up to the junction. Next thing I remember, uh, I'm on the other side of the road, uh, heading towards another junction, which would take me sort of back on myself to come back to where I was. Uh, I looked at the satellite navigation system there, and it was uh, an hour had been added on. So now wow. we're getting home at half past one, and I don't know what happened. I just All I know is I'm coming up to the junction, you know, two miles to go, one mile to go, should be taking the junction just about now. And the next thing, I'm on the opposite side of the road. Wow. Uh, I don't know. Just... You need my. You need to read my book and try uh, those exercises. Yeah, well, we'll be doing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you know what? Maybe you are like me. And, you, you know, because I wonder about all the paranormal podcasters. Are they exactly like me where they've had situations <laughs> and they need this book as much as, you know... <laughs> Anyone well, else? If paranormal podcasters are going to bite you, you'll sell millions because there's <laughs> quite a few of us at the minute. But uh, yeah, absolutely! But, uh, wow, that's amazing. So I actually haven't. That doesn't happen to me. But what's happened to me is I've been put back at exactly the almost exactly the same time I left. So what happened once with my husband in the car? But to the people that are there, it doesn't seem like anything's changed. I mean, I, obviously you didn't have a passenger, right? And when you yeah, were driving, no, was on my own, yeah. Yeah, so when I was driving, uh, my husband was in the car with me and I left and then I was and my and in my reality right before I left, the light has changed from from red to green. But when I came back, I was uh it was right before it was a changing. So I started moving forward because as far as I was concerned, it had changed to green, but it hadn't. So something like that happened where I didn't lose an hour or anything. Um, this last time I was, uh, driving, um, and I was trying to merge onto a freeway and I drive a stick, so <laughs> a stick shift, a manual transmission, which is not very common these days, but mm. I was shifting from third about to go to fourth. And when I came back into my car, um, I was still in third and I was sort of like not merging. I was sort of drifting to the side, uh, to the right side of the road. And it was just really unnerving. And uh, I get really mad when that happens because it's so dangerous. If you're going to take me out while I'm in the midst of driving, you know, it's dangerous. Yeah, it does make you wonder if they've got a control over time that we just can't understand. Yes, I, I agree. I think that's true because there were times when I woke up in the middle of the night um, after being taken and I would wake up and feel like I'd been sleeping for a while and I'd wake up at 1230 and then the next time I woke up, it was 1230 and then I woke up a third time at 1230. So it seems like there's something, some, you know. Yeah, that's impossible, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Something's going on there, but I don't know what it is. And that's one of the problems. It's so hard to wrap our head around some of these things. We don't have, you know, the experience or the, um, yeah, the experience of, of dealing with these things. So we don't even have a name for some of these things. I mean, I had to make up the word time bending in my book because there's no word for what I was experiencing. No. Other than Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day, I suppose it's about it. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, Which we just had. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, like I say, it's fascinating, and hopefully, you know, you'll get some messages and uh, hopefully get some uh, closure on it all. But yeah, I hope so. I mean, that is my goal. My goal is for it to stop. It's yeah. not to be famous. It's not to uh, sell books necessarily. Um, but just to get the word out and to make it stop. That is my goal. I don't want um, this experience anymore. And um, if uh, since they're clearly not going to stop, I'm going to have to stop them. And <laughs> I'm willing to go the, the the long road to get that done. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. No worries, I'll pop the uh, links that you've sent over in the uh, show notes and that's so people can find your book and uh, like I say, hopefully it goes well. So thank you again. Thank you so much. No problem. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you found that interesting. Uh, if you did, check out the links below and get Lisa's book, uh, especially if you've experienced something similar yourself. And hopefully the little guide in there or the little help section might help you out. Um, you know, I'm fascinated by alien abductions. I really am. Uh, but, it's, you know, it's one of them things that you don't really want to experience, I guess. You, you kind of do on one hand and know that it's real, but you kind of don't on the other hand. Uh, different to a Bigfoot encounter, obviously, because you can experience that from a car, etc. And you, you know, you sort of feel safe. I'm not saying you are safe, but you feel safe, and it's you know, everyone can sort of go along with that. You know, it's not a bad experience to have. Um, obviously, it changes your paradigm, but but alien abduction is slightly different. I think we can all agree there. But that being said, like I said at the beginning, uh, you know, we are working on getting shows out. So thank you very much for. Hanging in there with us. Hope you're all fantastically well, uh, given the current crisis. And um, like I say, we will get a show out as soon as possible. So thank you very much for joining us again, and we will see you on the other side. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. I'll be back. <laughs>